Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. Natalie says, I'm thinking of transferring my embryo from Monash to another IVF facility as I wasn't too pleased with my overall experience with Monash. Is there a risk in transporting the embryo? No, 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 there isn't. Basically, the embryo gets transferred from the liquid nitrogen that it currently is in to liquid nitrogen portable cylinder. It then goes to the new clinic, which I hope is us, <laughs> and we do give a, a very good service. And it really doesn't even notice that it's been moved. On that point, Prof, do you look after people in Melbourne? Because Natalie's next question is, is there an IVF clinic you would recommend in Melbourne? Melbourne IVF, which is our sister group in, in Melbourne, very high standard, both from a scientific point of view and from the care that you get. I th- I th- they've, they've scored very well in all the surveys. So, you know, I could recommend one of the specialists there to, to look after you. If you wanted to email me, I probably shouldn't mention their names in a, on an open program like this, but, you know, there are a number of very good specialists. Well, I suppose I can if I use a number of them. So Professor Stern is very good. Dr. Toledo is very good. Dr. Hale is very good. They're all internationally renowned fertility specialists. Thank you for your question, Natalie, and I hope that answers your question. What are your clinic's success rates in terms of live births and pregnancy rate? I would say there are numbers and there are numbers and there are websites and there are websites. And it is actually very difficult to say that one clinic is better than another because of the the, the published pregnancy rates. There is a website coming on board which the government has funded. It won't be released until February, which will compare clinics. It's a very complicated story. If you came to us, what it depends on your age. Let's say you're 35. At 35, I would be saying to you, quite honestly, that your chances of being pregnant, provided we get a good blastocyst, in other words, a day five embryo. And now most 35-year-olds will get to a day five embryo. Probably 10% won't, but that then changes the percentages. <laughs> so on an embryo transfer of a blastocyst of someone who's 35, we'll get 35 to 40% chance of a pregnancy. That will end up with somewhere between 30 and 32% baby in the arms at the end of the day. Comparing that with what I know, we are in the top echelon, the top 25% of, of IVF units in Sydney. There are certainly many that are worse and there are some that might be better, but that may be better because the way in which they use genetic testing to even improve this, the uh, apparent uh, success. So it's, it's very complicated. For me, I often see patients who've been elsewhere, who've not succeeded then, and that immediately brings the pregnancy rate down. But my, those pregnancy rates go into our overall rates. 
So, you know, a, a, what we call a naive patient, in other words, never treated before and you're 35, I'd be pushing up 40% chance of a pregnancy. Now, the next question, Prof, is one that you get asked all the time, but I'm going to ask the next two together because the second one leads off the first. So the first question I have here is, what are my chances of success in IVF? And I'm pretty sure you're going to say it depends. But yeah. the next question, which probably talks to that first one is, is there anything I can do to improve the chances of success in IVF? If we knew anything that was better than what we do, we'd be doing it. And I can tell you, we don't do much (laughs) other than give medications that produces a good number of eggs to get a good number of embryos, have a high standard laboratory. So that's all past the egg collection or not quite, but because we're stimulating you. But in terms of anything you can do well certainly you know always it sounds very boring and it sounds standard health issues don't smoke don't drink excessively don't have caffeine more than a cup or so a day that's sort of basic things eat well you know have a balanced diet don't be overweight what's overweight well you know even if you are 90 kilos if you can lose five kilos which doesn't sound much it does make a difference to your chances of conceiving and and i suppose the maximising your chances of success with IVF is seeing somebody who's an expert in the field. I've said this a number of times before, but around Australia, there are probably 250, 300 doctors, specialists, who call themselves fertility specialists. There are probably only a third of those who actually have been appropriately fully trained to be a fertility specialist. The rest are people who are attached to IVF units who are basically obstetricians or gynecologists doing surgery, and they do a bit of fertility. And certainly for the difficult cases, there is a difference in the care that you get. To maximise your chances, I always say, find someone who's experienced. There's a qualification in Australia called the REI, C-R-E-I, which our College of Obstetrics gives to people who've done three years of extra training. They're the people to go for. There's about 70 around Australia, and they're all accessible these days with telehealth all of them are comfortable talking to you at a distance to give you a the best idea about what your chances of success are and providing guidance through the management of the cycle even if it's at a distance what can you do find the right doctor be healthy and prof your crei qualified just checking but <laughs> your CREI absolutely qualified. <laughs> natalia says what are my chances at being 41 And any tips or tricks on my embryo sticking this time? Okay, well, 41 always is a problem in terms, well, a problem. It's a reduced chance purely because of age. Sadly, egg quality declines with age. Numbers do as well, but it's the quality of the eggs that's the important thing. The fact that you've got two embryos is a positive, I presume so because it's a frozen embryo, and therefore it's good that at 41 you've been able to create more than one embryo. But each embryo created at 41, unfortunately, has something in the order of a 70 to 80% chance of being genetically abnormal, even though it looks beautiful from the outside to the embryologist. When you were 30, that beautiful embryo had a 50% chance of being genetically abnormal. So that's what's happened over time, is that you've gone from a 50-50 chance to a 30-70 chance. So that's what you're struggling against when you have a 41-year-old embryo, well, an embryo from a 41-year-old put back. What are your chances, though? The fact you've got two embryos makes me feel positive. I'd certainly be putting it around the 15 to 20% 
chance of success. Can we do anything to make it stick? Mm. <laughs> no, because mostly it's about the genetic makeup of the egg, not about your lining, not about anything else other than the, the goodness of the genetics of the embryo. Marisela's question is, I have a question to put two embryos and the doctor said one must because one was frozen and did not survive. How could it have happened? We as doctors in Australia do believe that putting one embryo back at a time is the, is the best from the baby's perspective when a baby is born. And the reason is that if you get a twin pregnancy, you have twice the risk of losing a baby, in other words, a baby dying when it's born. And probably more importantly almost is that you may have the lifelong problem of a baby with cerebral palsy, and that's four times more likely with a twin pregnancy. So that's why in Australia now, nearly 90% of embryo transfers are single embryos. Now, if you've got two embryos and we freeze one and there's about, well, certainly in our units, about a 3% chance, three in a hundred chance that the embryo won't survive the freeze-thaw process. That's a risk we take, but the balance in relation to the outcome for the baby is best putting one embryo in at a time. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 